Okay, we are back to podcast. I hope everyone's had a good day in the Lord, and uh, I certainly have. necessary to be very beneficial for the long-term health of our church. We've been waiting on God, and uh, I, I am praying for His His timing and His will, and it certainly looks it's, it's, it's a good possibility here in the near future. Um, and so let's go to Second Kings chapter number 20, 2 Kings 20, and the Word of God tonight. parts to finish this and so uh, there's a lot of lessons to be learned here in 2 Kings chapter number 20 I'm excited about uh, teaching them I wanted to get to this chapter um, not necessarily because it's a highlight or something great in Hezekiah's life in fact there's there's going to be some things that occur that, are, that aren't so great um, but because of the lessons that we're going to learn in this chapter. So we learn, we don't just learn from successes. In fact, it's rare that we learn from successes. It's, it's more likely than not that we learn from failure and mistakes. Hezekiah has been a good man. He's been a good king. But he does make a, what seems, well, I'm not, he does make mistakes in this and, and his life ends in uh, not quite the glory that uh, that he lived it in and I look at him I've always looked to him kind of as a uh, just an example of what to do what not to do I told you before I was called to preach while uh, a message on Hezekiah was being preached and I surrendered the call to preach uh, after and during the message in Hezekiah. And now I look at some things in his life here at the end that challenge me to do things differently. So to start, in those days, 2 Kings 20, verse 1, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And so he's come to the end of his life. He's sick. He's on his deathbed. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. So this is Isaiah saying this. Now, we've seen Isaiah and Hezekiah intertwined in this. Um, you, you recall he was the prophet that was over the nation of Judah at the time. And uh, when Hezekiah was king, and Isaiah was a very noteworthy prophet, notable prophet, and he is the one that is over, over the land, the prophet over the land during this time period. Now, understanding that, uh, Hezekiah is sick. He doesn't necessarily know that he's going to die, but God has told Isaiah, now this is fixed. You get, this is what I want you to get. This is lesson number one in this. This is something that God says. Isaiah is not wrong about this. God told Isaiah this. Go and tell Hezekiah 
that he's going to die to get his house in order. In other words, get your affairs in order, say your goodbyes, let everyone know you're, you're passing off the scene that you're, you're going to die in the very near future. Okay? Verse 2, Then he turned his face, this is Hezekiah, to the wall, and he prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I walk before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore, so he's burdened over this. God has told him he's going to die through, through the prophet Isaiah. He obviously doesn't want to die, so he begins to ask God to touch him and let him live. It came to pass before Isaiah was gone into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again, tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord thy God of David thy father. You see the word turn again. To repent means to turn again. Now we re read several times in the scripture that God repented. That does not mean God was sinning. It means God changed his mind and his course of action. Now I know that bothers the Calvinistic bent of people. For folks that believe that everything is predetermined, for everything is predisposed, and have a Calvinistic theological viewpoint, you're going to have a lot of trouble with this chapter. God's mind was made up so that he told Isaiah to go tell him Hezekiah is going to die. Go tell Hezekiah he's going to die. But now, verse 5, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee, and the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days fifteen years. And I will deliver thee in the city of thy hand of the king of Assyria, will defend the city for mine own sake for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. And they took it and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. So he had a deadly boil. The boil was going to so much here. The boil was what was going to kill him. Now, first lesson. Number one, God had it set and determined that this boil was going to kill Isaiah or Hezekiah. It's determined. It's going to happen. Isaiah speaks on behalf of God when he says it's going to happen. He said, thus saith the Lord. Hezekiah prays and God turns again. In other words, God changes his course of action. How about that? You know what that does? It shoots down the predestination theories that the Calvinists hold to. This was said by God. In fact, Isaiah did not go on his own. God told him to go. Tell Hezekiah you're going to die. This boil that you got, obviously, will be infected. This bloodstream will kill him. You're going to die. Hezekiah prayed, and God turned again and give him 15 years additional beyond the date 
that he initially is going to give you to die. So what that tells me is that our prayers avail much. Our prayers avail greatly. Now, here's something else noteworthy in this chapter. The Bible said, Isaiah said, so the man of God said, take a lump of figs. They took it, laid it on the boil, and it recovered. God answers the prayer, but he uses means. He uses medicinal properties from the figs to help heal this. How about that? So, not only does God change his course of action by answering the prayer of Isaiah Hezekiah, he does so in using a human instrument to aid and precipitate the healing process of Hezekiah by applying the, book, the figs to his boil. Good lessons there. Predestination's a lie, and God uses people to get his prayers answered. How about that? That's good stuff. Now, things turn south. Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go into the house of the Lord the third day? Isaiah said, This sign shall here have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees, or go back ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, It is a light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees, nay, but not let the shadow return in backward ten degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought of the shadow ten degrees backward by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. So they even got signs, if you please. And um, we'll watch this. Now, before this prayer got answered, Hezekiah would have been dead at this point. Now watch verse 13 or 12. It's so interesting. At that time, Baradot Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah. So this is the king of Babylon. What is Babylon? Babylon is the world, not a friend of God. Unity with God and his people. For he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. Hezekiah hearkened unto them, showed them all the house of his precious things, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious ointment and all the house of his armor and all that was found in the treasures. There was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. So King of Babylon writes him letters, wants to let him know that he had heard he had been sick, glad he's doing well. And Hezekiah makes a grave mistake. He shows him everything that's in his house. In other words, he compromises he gives in on an emotional level. Can I tell you why most people compromise? Why most people give in? It's because they give in on an emotional level. They do what they feel is right, not what the Bible says. They go to a church where they're emotionally invested in, not a church that's holding a Bible standard. They do things based on how they feel. And so what happens here is the king of Babylon comes, he presents uh, tidings to him, he presents good tidings, he writes letters, he sends in condolences, and that begins to soften up 
Hezekiah's heart towards him and he lets down his guard and the Bible says he shows him everything that's in his house. In other words, shows him everything that God has blessed him with. He begins to give in to the enemy with the things that God has given him. So verse 14, not very long in the future after this, and God comes back on the scene, that's Isaiah. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto Hezekiah and said unto him, What what said these men? Hezekiah says, What well, what are these men doing here? And from hence whence came they unto thee? So who are they? Where did they come from? What are they doing here? And Hezekiah said, They they are come from a far country. Well, what do we read about a far country? Where did the prodigal go? The prodigal went into the far country. The Bible said they come from a far country, even from Babylon. Oh, that far country. The world. Now, we got a problem. And he said, What have they seen in thine house? First question, second question he asked him. Third question, actually. What'd you show him? You know God had already showed him the answer. He wants to know what Hezekiah's going to say. What'd you show them? What'd they see in your house? Hezekiah answered, All the things that are in my house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. So he's given a message from God. Behold, the days come, and all that is in thine house, and all that which thy fathers have laid up in store this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord, and of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away. They shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Now this is a prophecy of what's going to happen in the Babylonian captivity. Now hold on a minute. This this is this is the Then said his comment Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. What good was it? He had said one thing good. He delivered him some bad news. He delivered him a, a judgmental message. He delivered him a judgment message. He delivered a tough message. And, Isaac, and Hezekiah says, good is the word of the Lord. Ain't nothing good about it. That shows you where his mind is spiritually. And they shall be much in the palace of the good. Then said Hezekiah unto the Lord. Verse, people, they, they trips me out sometimes. You'll, you'll preach that. And, they, and it's like, you'll preach something like Isaiah is saying here, where you're leveling uh, the realities of God, the judgment of God, and what God is saying, and think it goes right over people's heads. That's what happens here. Happened here. The seriousness of the message, the seriousness of what is being said and being taught and addressed here, it goes right over Hezekiah's head. Hezekiah can't see it. And he's saying, good is the word of the Lord. There ain't a thing good about what he just said. He just told him that because of what you did, now this is amazing to me, because of what you've done, everything Hezekiah has done up until this point in his life has been good and right. He got sick. He prayed for 15 more years. And you know what? He never does another spiritual thing again in his life. In fact, he does the opposite. He leads up with the world. He opens the door to Babylon. 
and it's not very far into the future that Babylon completely overtakes the nation and they fall into Babylonian captivity and then you see the book of Daniel and Ezekiel and all, all of those. That's fascinating to me. This is a fascinating chapter, one of the most fascinating chapters in all of the Bible on, on God's work in God's hand. Now, here's the lesson out of that. Hezekiah prayed that he would live, but then when God gave him that which he prayed for, he went in the exact opposite direction of how he had been living his life up until that point. When God gives you what you pray for, that's not a time to let down on what you do for God. That is a time to step it up, hunker down, and go even harder and better and stronger for God. Now, how about that lesson? God gave him 15 years, and Hezekiah blew it in the answer to his prayer. And now watch this. I want you to show you where, where his mind is. He says, and then he goes on and he says, Which thou hast spoken, and he said, Is it not good that peace and truth be in my days? That's, that's us. That's America. Folks don't think anymore about the world, the America, the society that they are leaving for their children and their grandchildren. For several generations now, it's all looking at me. When we had the Revolutionary War, you remember that war? The war to get independence from, from England? Men were thinking past their generation. They were thinking about generations to come. World War II, men were thinking about generations to come and so on and so forth. But nobody thinks like that anymore. They think about peace and good in my day. As long as I have it good, I don't care about my grandchildren. As long as I have it good, I don't care about my children. That's what they're saying. God help that mindset. I'm I turned 48 years old this past week. I won't. I, I shudder to think the world that my children and grandchildren will have to live in. Because we've got entire generations that have held to what Hezekiah is saying here. As long as I've got it good, what does it matter what comes after me? That's, that's exactly what they do. And, and some, another lesson of this. How far has he failed spiritually? He was so strong. he done so great. he done so well. In the last, <clears throat> last 15 years of his life, he totally blows it after God has blessed him in so many ways. I want to look to Hezekiah and I want to learn this lesson. As my life goes in the second stages, I don't want to back up. I don't want to, I don't want to quit serving. I don't want to quit loving. I want to do more. I want new challenges. I want the days ahead when I can write books and, and do things for young preachers and young Christians and try to teach this Bible and teach this, this belief in these scriptures. 
with all the days that I have left. Hezekiah, God give him 15 more years. And he tipped his hand to the world. He opened the door for Babylon to come in. Because of all the goods that they saw, they said, I want to come and take it. And ladies and gentlemen, God answered his prayer and he never did another spiritual thing after that. I don't want to be that way. When God answers my prayer, I want to show my appreciation and my gratitude, and I want to go for Him even more. Last two verses in this study. And the rest of the Acts, actually we're all going to go into the next chapter, but not much. The rest of the Acts of Hezekiah and all his might, and he made a pool and conduit, and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? I told you that story. Where he, brought the, he, he built a conduit in the pool for the war. They're in the Chronicles. And Hezekiah slept with his fathers. Now watch this. When Manasseh his son reigned in his stead. Chapter 21, verse 1. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hephazibah. Uh, he and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord after the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. For he built up again the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed. He reared up the altars for Baal. He made a grove as he did a half king of Israel and worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. So, This is good. Hezekiah, his children, his son, does not follow what he was early in his life. He follows what he was later in his life. How about that? God help us. That breaks my heart. That challenges my heart. I want my children to follow me as a man of God, as a preacher of God. I want to not back up, but to stay the course. As a kind of prayed, God granted it. When God granted it, he never did another spiritual thing. And then when his son reigned in his stead, he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And all the good that his father had done, he completely reversed it. He reversed the course, built up everything his father had torn down, and set Baal worship back in the land of Israel. That's a challenge to me. And that challenge is, as we approach the end of our lives, as we approach the end of our days, to not here follow the pattern of Hezekiah and leave the legacy that he did. He could have left the legacy of, of any king better than any king but David. But he took 15 years after God had answered his prayer and he went in the complete opposite direction of what he had lived his entire life. May we learn from Hezekiah and not just his positives, but learn from his failures. Good night. God bless. I love each of you.